In recent headlines, the Silicon Valley Bank has collapsed, along with increasing inflation rates, interest rates, and ever-increasing costs. How do we as Christians think about these things and handle our money that is entrusted to us? Welcome to a new season of Consider It, where we consider questions regarding life, theology, and the church. Consider It is a ministry of Redemption Bible Church in New Braunfels, Texas. Do you have questions regarding life, theology, and the church? If so, text the word redemption and your question to 830-299-7505, and we will consider your question. To learn more about redemption, you can visit redemption.bible. I'm Michael Hawkins. And I'm Blair Cushman. Let's consider it. Welcome back to Consider It. We've got another question to talk about today. With all the talk lately about the Silicon Valley bank collapse, I've been thinking more about the security of my long-term investments. Should I be concerned? Should I be concerned with our investments, with our money? Yeah, if uh, you're listening to this and uh, are unaware, there in news recently there has been a bank in California, Silicon yep. Valley Bank, I believe it was actually just called too, right? Yeah, <laughs> pretty simple, and uh, and it has has collapsed. Yeah, not like the physical building. I don't think has like been you know <laughs> fallen to the no, ground. I, you I know, think like it's Jericho. physically still yeah. there. Yeah, yeah, I think that it, the the bank is still there, but it has. Uh, it is no longer a financial institution in which you can uh, deposit your money. That's right. Yeah. And so um, that has made recent news and there's been lots, you know, said about it and has caused some alarm, you know, from some, you know, can we trust our banks? Is the, yeah. you know, is our nation in collapse, you know, in its, in its own financial collapse right now? What's, what is going on? And, uh, you know, you add this on top of everybody feeling the pinch of yeah. rising costs at the grocery store, you know, interest rates uh, are higher than they have been in recent years. That has kind of slowed the housing market down and, uh, you know, just inflation in most parts of the country on the rise. And uh, and so it has everybody feeling that just in general. And then you hear this news about a bank in our country that has collapsed. And yeah. we ask the question, like, well, what is going on here? Yeah, especially one of the, the bigger banks, you know, kind of one of the more prestigious, well-known, sure. you know, big banks. Um, yeah. And so, yeah. yeah, all of a sudden people are like, what is going on? Yeah. And, and at least from my understanding of the situation, I've done extensive research on this, but it seems that the bank, even as it's well known, it's not necessarily, it doesn't seem to be like your average bank with that, you know, like your local bank that, you know, most people are, uh, you know, depositing their money into, um, that, that in this case, it was a little bit unique and that it wasn't, that the majority of the customers at this bank were not your average person depositing money with less than, you know, $250,000, which is an important threshold because that's like what the FDIC uh, guarantees, you know, from the government that, uh, you know, when your money is there and if a bank collapses, but yeah. this was... Uh, that the majority of the customers or the depositors at this bank were had considerably more in in the bank and and uh, were venture capitalists and tech industry startup type folks. Yeah, definitely a higher profile um, type bank and clientele. Yeah, um, I was just reading that. I guess recently it had become um, one of the top 
20 largest lending institutions in America with $209 billion in total assets. That's kind of an unfathomable number to, to my <laughs> yeah. little brain. Yeah. But uh, but a lot of money, and uh, and that money got squandered. Yeah. Or they got, in essence, I mean, without going into all the economics of banking and all that, they yeah, kind of got upside down. Yeah, way over uh, way over my head and pay grade when it comes to all the, the details of that. But Yeah. But in other words, they got extended in, uh, you know, in how they were investing, you know, in bonds and things. And then with the rise in interest rates, it uh, got people scared and they, you know, started pulling their money out and, uh, and they, then they got upside down and were not able to, uh, to, to back all that up and, and to pay out as people were pulling out. Yeah. It seemed like they made some big decisions, um, that were fairly risky and just, you know, there was a, a chain of events that all kind of occurred at the the same time with the the interest rates rising and different things. And right. It it all just led to a giant pile of mess right. um, all at once. And it seems like you know, not to just oversimplify it, but it seems like there were some initial unwise financial decisions yeah. that then, with the increase in inflation and all that, then led to panic, and the panic led to the collapse. Yeah. So. Which, when you just kind of extrapolate that out, yeah, unwise decisions plus unforeseen circumstances produce panic, which then led to collapse. Yeah, and you add that into any po- anything into your life, <laughs> yeah. unwise decisions meets an unforeseen circumstance, and uh, that leads to then panic uh, will lead to ruin or destruction. That's right. When you look up uh, in the recipe book, yeah. uh, how to make a disaster. Yeah. There you go. You have your ingredients. That's right. <laughs> how to make a disaster of your life. Step number one: make some unwise decisions. That's right. Number two: <laughs> get hit with an unforeseen circumstance. Uh, Step three, panic. That's know. right. And, uh, you know, so that's when you, when you have that, that's obviously leads to disaster. And so that's what happened in this case. And, you know, we're not here to necessarily give financial advice, but I think what, you know, what we can say uh, is that our, our nation isn't in a state of financial ruin or financial collapse across the board. Right. Um, to where we have to panic and start pulling our money out of banks and hiding it under our mattress or digging a hole in our backyard. That's right. You can anything. put your shovel away. Yes, yes. Yeah, <laughs> it does not seem to be a case like that to where we all have to panic as as well. Um, now, there might be some concerning trends, you know, that, uh, that we need to be wise about, uh, but not a cause for alarm and panic yeah. uh, in this case across the board. Yeah. Um, but it does, you know, I think open up a, a bigger topic for us to consider today. Well, then what is uh, the, you know, the, the way that a Christian should view how we handle our finances, how we think about investing in the future, and, uh, you know, in the, in the stewardship of our money ourselves. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's, you know, it's wise of us to just recognize that, you know, as we talk about these things, as people are listening, that we all find ourselves in different positions. Sure. You know, some are like in investment. I can, I'm barely making it from paycheck to paycheck right, right. now. Right. And others may have millions invested all over right. in, in different, you know, 
regards. And so um, really what we're getting at is stewardship of what we've been given. Correct. Because that's really, you know, the biblical mindset when it comes to money, it is about stewardship. There's very little to be said in the scripture about how much money we have. But the heart behind how we steward or how we handle the money that is entrusted to us. Right. You know, whether, you know, and this this parable isn't merely about money. It's bigger than that. But the when you think about the parable of talents, whether you have mm-hmm. one, five, or ten, it doesn't, that that's not the point of that passage. You know, yeah. and some of like, well, he had ten, of course he will succeed. <laughs> no, 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 no. It's how we how we handle that, how we invest it, how we how we use it to the glory of God. Whether you just have a little bit or a lot of it, yeah, right. And and that's really what 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 God is 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 after. Yeah. It's not a, a matter of whether you're rich or whether you're poor or anything like that. Um, it's it's about how we how how we use it to the glory of God, yeah. And uh, and our heart behind it, you know, money in many ways is a is a thermometer. Mm. Uh, of our heart, of what we value, of how we uh, how we are disciplined in in uh, with our the resources that God has given us, you know, and then the same things extrapolate out to our time. We have a limited amount of time, yeah. And uh, how do we use our time? Are we wasting it on uh, you know on our phone, on Netflix, on just lying around doing nothing, or you know, or you know, are we just filling it with a lot of busyness and a lot of recreation, a lot of time at the gym, or are we using it to the glory of God? You know, yeah. um, you know, and our talents, the gifts that God has given us, and our and our treasure, you know, and so money is in many ways a thermometer to our heart and how we uh, steward these resources that God has given us. Yeah, for sure. And I think as you're talking about that, um, it's just interesting to think about how many passages just in the New Testament talk about money. And, um, you know, we use uh, marriage mentoring as a a biblical counseling, premarital and marital counseling resource. Fantastic resource. Yeah. And um, in the section on money, it it draws this out and, and you know, it talks about, you know, there's over 2000 verses on money and possessions in in the new Testament. Yeah. It's pretty startling when you stop and think about it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that, that chapter is a helpful resource. Uh, Randy Elkhorn has a great little book, managing God's money. Mm. That is uh, fantastic. And, and he, you know, uh, alludes to that as well, that, you know, several thousand verses that uh, in just the New Testament, yeah, that's not even to mention like Proverbs. Yeah, exactly. Proverbs is full of wisdom on uh, on money, and all throughout uh, the Old Testament, God's teaching. When you go back to even all the way back to uh, uh, Abraham, and then in the Law through Moses, and and uh, you know the David and the Kings and all that, just lots of uh, examples uh, to follow and not to follow in the narratives, and just lots of teaching. You know, yeah. way more teaching than we than even on things like sin and hell and all that, yeah. um, because it is a thermometer. Yeah. You know, and uh, and so much much to say in the in the Bible about how we handle money and how mm-hmm. we view it and 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 all that and so i think it would be helpful then it's like well wow it has a whole lot to say well i think we encourage like just type in you know go to a bible search engine on your app you know the bible app or whatever just type in money 
and start there, you know, and do a, yeah. a study in the book of Proverbs about money or in the epistles or what Jesus had to say about money and possessions. And, uh, and you'll begin to see some of these things, but knowing that there's so much, and maybe that's overwhelming to people, yeah. let's just, let, let's just, cause we kind of push this question forward and how should we think about this, uh, this current event, but even zooming out a little bit and considering how we just handle money in, in general, I think it's helpful to maybe just categorize it some, the, the wrong way to steward our money in the right way, right? right? The, the, the wrong things that God calls out and the, and the right ways that God leads us in, into stewarding our financial resources. And, and, and it's pretty, you know, just like simple or like boil it down to three things. Like the wrong heart that God calls out is we shouldn't love money. We shouldn't be mastered by money and we shouldn't be greedy with our money. Yeah. Right. Yeah, this is First Timothy six at the end of this a uh, letter that Paul's writing to uh, Timothy and First uh, Timothy six ten he says, "For the love of money is a root of all kinds of evil. It is through this craving that some have wandered away from the faith and pierced themselves with many pangs." Like that's that, that's startling language, right? And a, and a key distinction here is we as we think about the it's it's the love of money that is the root of all kinds of evil. Sometimes people misquote that and be like, money yeah. is the root of all kinds of evil. No, 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 no. Don't don't miss this important concept. It's the love of it. Yeah. It's not wrong to have money, but it is wrong for money to have you. Yeah. Okay. And and so this is even come back to what we said earlier. It's not whether you have a little bit or a lot of it. It's it's if that whatever bit you have, you know, has you. Yeah. And it's that love, and it's I want more. I need more. How can I get this? And you know, there's a lot of folks that are poor that love money too too much. That's right. Yeah. And have suffered from that. That we've been wandered away from the faith. You know, and pierce themselves, put themselves through all kinds of uh, of pain in their life as they are trying to get more of it, or they want, you know, they're they're just like that's their aim in life. Yeah. And so God, as He always, He just gets to our loves, right? Yeah. What do you love the most? And, and the greatest commandments: love God, love people. And it's when those uh, that that our love is out of order, and we love money, that we go wrong with it right Right. and that's where you know in a case like this uh, that you know where people are panicking that's when panic happens because we love our money we 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 love the security that we think money brings and then when that is threatened is when we panic yeah right it's the same way if we uh, love our kids too much, we've made idols of them, and something is threatening them, then we panic, right? And yep. we do, whatever, you know, we can make some foolish decisions and, and all that. Now, you should love your kids, all those things. That's right. I'm saying to the point of idolatry, which is what we're getting here as well. And so we shouldn't love it, right? Yeah. Uh, but secondly, Jesus brings us out in the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6 that we shouldn't be mastered by it. You know, or enslaved uh, to it. He uses this uh, 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 this this picture of serving two masters in uh, in Matthew chapter six. I'm pulling it up here in my Bible so I can uh, uh, just read it to you. But because um, this is this is also where we where we where we get off uh, off kilter or where we get out of order in in our life. He says this Matthew six. Uh, 24, no one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or he will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and money. Yeah. You know, and this is in the context of laying up treasures in heaven, 
you know, of having our our uh, our value fixed in uh, in in what is in heaven, yeah. our value fixed in our relationship with God, uh, the fact that He has bought us and uh, we are His children. That's what this is uh, all about, and so you can't be enslaved to it, right? Um, and, uh, you know, that kind of comes out in the same, the idolatry, or you're just, you know, all day, every day, all you're doing, your whole time is uh, is filled up with the earning of it, the producing of it, the protecting of it, you know, where you're just enslaved to more, 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 more money. Yeah, it becomes an identity and security issue. You know, where are we finding our identity? Is it truly in Christ, mm. or is it... And, you know, status, you know, the, the comfort of what we can provide and the size of our home or, yeah. you know, the, the type of car we drive or, I mean, we can even spiritualize it, how much we give to the church or, you know, like right. it, it's so easily, um, you know, we, we can easily, you know, find our value in the things that money provides because we're constantly surrounded by it. Right. Yeah, yeah, more and better, bigger luxury cars, yeah, um, and uh, and then bigger garages to store them all in because yeah. you can only drive one at a time and all that. So, yeah, are we? And, and these are the things that God calls out when it comes to money. Do we love it? Are we mastered by it? Yeah. And uh, and then I love this. This is just one of the proverbs from King Solomon, who had a whole lot of it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the richest men to ever live to not be greedy with it. It says this in you know the opening chapter of Proverbs, Proverbs one nineteen, such are the ways of everyone who is greedy for unjust gain. It takes away the life of its possessors. Hmm. Yeah. And so bigger than even just money here, but uh, and even speaking to how we get our money, you know, by unjust gain. Um and uh, uh but this greed and how Greediness takes away the life of its possessors. You know, those who possess money, those who have a lot of it, the greed, though we have more money, we have less life. Mm. And and so often we can fall into that trap of the more I have, the easier my life is, yeah? that I can do what I want with. You know, the more toys that I have, the more p- possessions, the, 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 the more fun that I can have. And biblical wisdom actually points out the opposite. You know? yeah. It actually takes away your life. Because now you, all your life is just bent around maintaining and protecting and preserving these possessions, these assets that are going to rust and rot and decay and all burn up in the end anyways. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and we've just lived our whole life to be greedy with it, and it just sucks the life out of us rather than adding life and yeah. Sometimes we see, you know, like social media pre- portrays it a lot different. Like, oh, look at all the things that they have. And man, it must be such a nice life to go on vacations and to have all these things and to live the lake life or to live, you know, this uh, <laughs> yeah. vacation life. They're always traveling or they're doing all these things. Or you drive by and you see their garage door open and all the things in there. And yet their soul is empty yeah. from it all. Yeah. And I think just as you were talking, uh, it really gets back to, I think, maybe the, the heart of the, the question this morning um, and just kind of that that security. Like, what are we mm. what are we supposed to do? How do we secure our financial future? Yeah. You know, yeah. talking about these long-term investments and, and things like, 
what does that balance look like? Because obviously we want to take care of the things that have been given to us. Yeah. And yet we don't want it to control us. And so where do we find that balance in the tension of it all? Right. Where's vertical in all of this? Yeah. Right. Where is stewarding our money to the glory of God? Yeah. Yeah. Because we, you know, obviously we've seen this greediness, the more, 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 you know, is is wrong, you know, more money, more problems kind of thing. But then the opposite is, you know, but God isn't just calling us to a poverty mindset like, okay, well, then I guess we just have to give it all away and have nothing and just live hand to mouth and all that. Well, no, that's also not the way of, you know, glorifying God. He's given us these these resources to steward. And so he's not just calling us to, you know, have the clothes on our back kind of poverty kind of mindset. And that, you know, that's just a misapplication sometimes to... uh, you know, to like the Matthew 6 passage of, well, we shouldn't be storing up treasure. We shouldn't be investing. We shouldn't have savings or things like that. Um, you know, because maybe it's the people don't go to the extreme, but it's on that, you know, the side of the dial of, uh, you know, they're not just living, you know, hand to mouth or with the clothes on their back, but they're saying, well, we don't need to have a savings account. We don't need to have an IRA, you know. Um, and, uh, and I don't know that that is the, the full application of what Jesus is teaching here, yeah. especially as we think of like Proverbs, uh, 13, 22, that talks about leaving actually an inheritance to our, our kids. You know, here's a, here's Proverbs 13, uh, 22. It says a good man leaves an inheritance to his children's children, but the sinner's wealth is laid up for the righteous. And so here is actually extolling the that uh, that y- y- you know the the generational mindset of our, our wealth as well. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not okay. This is mine. Sorry, kids, you don't get any. But you know, it's not even talking about how much or anything like that. And obviously, you know, we want to be leaving a spiritual inheritance to our kids right. as well and yeah. generation. But but there is a, a sense here that we are leaving some assets to the next generation yeah. you know that when we die our you know our last check bounces that's <laughs> not what uh, you know what wow. he's talking about uh here but but there is a sense of that and so we should be like laying up treasures but uh, but i think the the where we go vertical is that our hope isn't in that right where we're good stewards of that and we're taking care of our needs now and we are uh you know and we're thinking about the future but we're not getting too wrapped up in that. Right. And that's where I think some of these other biblical uh, 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 mindsets, when it comes to, uh, to our giving, that, uh, uh, that is when we are following these principles and the heart behind it, mm-hmm. you know, when we're not mastered by it, when we're not, uh, you know, in love with it, when we're not hoarding it or greedy with it, but rather we're following now these positive uh, you know, heart postures or, you know, practices with, uh, with biblical stewardship where we, you know, where, where we begin to go rightly, right? Yeah. And the first is, you know, that we, we give our first and best to the Lord. That's right. You know, that's, that's just something we try to champion here at, uh, at Redemption. It's, uh, you know, it's another Proverbs in Proverbs 3, verse 9, after, you know, the verse Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, like everybody mm-hmm. can probably quote those, trust in the Lord with all your heart, 
and do not lean on your own understanding, right? In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your path. But here's a, you know, here's here's a, the just a few verses after that. In verse nine says, "Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the first fruits of all your produce." Yeah, right. And that's just coming off of uh, the uh, the uh, the the teaching in the law of they uh, at harvest season they would bring their first and their best those most beautiful uh uh, you know the the corn or the produce whatever it was and they would bring that to the temple as an offering to the lord as a way to say thank you lord for these resources you know proverbs goes on actually with a blessing you know then says then your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will be bursting with wine right and don't take that you know some like health wealth and prosperity folks will uh, (laughs) take that too far but the reality is we will be blessed when we give our first and our best to the Lord. Yeah. And and whatever that is for you in the handling of your money, the first thing, the non-negotiable, the you know, as when things get tight, the last to go is the is the portion that we give to the Lord. Right. And that's like we've said, that's no, no matter if we have a little bit or a lot of bit. Yeah. The, uh, our first and our best goes to the Lord because it all belongs to Him, anyways. He's the one that is entrusted to us. You know, let's you know when we get more. Deuteronomy eight, God warns about this. Like, hey, when you have this wealth, when you have these things, don't forget me, lest you think, oh, it's by my hand I got all this wealth and all these possessions. Yeah. It's always from the Lord, no matter how much you have. Yeah. And that's even like in the moment we're like, man, I don't know, like how I'm gonna make rent. I, things are tight. Well, don't miss. God's blessing and his paradigm that the first and the best go to him no matter how much that is. Yeah. If that's 20 bucks or 20,000, you know, bucks. Yeah. Um, or you know whatever whatever that is for you. But uh, but we do. We give him the first and our best and we give an increasing measure, you know, year after year because it all belongs to the Lord. Yeah. That, this is good stewardship. Yeah. As you were talking I was just thinking of 1 Timothy 6 17 through 19 says as for the rich in this present age charge them not to be haughty nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches but on god who richly provides us with everything to enjoy they are to do good to be rich in good works to be generous and ready to share thus storing up treasure for themselves as a good foundation for the future so that they may take hold of that which is true life yeah or truly life sorry yeah yeah that's so good and that's that's really the second point of stewardship yeah. right the first point biblical stewardship with our money is to give our first and best to the lord and the second is to have this heart of generosity yeah right uh, found right there first timothy six uh, right after you know the prohibition of being having the love of money yeah. and how do we know that uh, that we don't love it too much is when we can give it away freely yeah. No strings attached where we just, uh, where we are ready. You know, there's that, I love that, that word, you know, there's a willingness <laughs> to, yeah. to give it away and to, you know, to, when you see a brother in need or to just like, it's, Hey, what's mine is yours. And, and it comes from that heart of generosity yeah. and, and, and God loves that. Yeah. Generosity leads to these multiplied opportunities, opportunities in our life, multi- opportunities for the gospel, opportunities to love and to help others out and so this is this is biblical stewardship yeah and it's interesting here because i i think the key here is you know nor to set their hopes on the uncertainty of riches Mm -hmm. but on god it's like where is our hope where is our confidence and i think that's where first we can give it 
faithfully to the Lord, our right. first and our best, but then also to to give to others. It's because our hope and security is not in how much we right. have; it's in the Lord. It's in the Lord, yeah. and uh, and that's how that's this is why when we talk about like a thermometer, you know, yeah. or a gauge to our life, like all right, it, it, you know, the adage of well, we put our money where our mouth is, yeah, right? and uh, and uh, can we freely give away because we know the Lord will will, will take care of us, mm-hmm. right? And again, this isn't advocating for just a poverty mindset, giving right. it all away, you know, having nothing and all that. You yeah, know, we don't squander. Not, exactly. You know, let's think vertically here, not in the, uh, you know, not, not in a poverty mindset on one side, nor of thinking that, oh, well, I can obey this when I have X amount of dollars. Well, yeah. when I am rich, when I have this amount, you know, in, or I'm making this amount, then I can be generous. Yeah. You know, generosity like the the is is for no matter how much you have. Yeah, first and best to the Lord, generous to others, uh, thinking about the future, and then here's here's just uh, we'll kind of and this is just one of the last principles of then how we go about it, and I think this one also portrays or, or, or not portrays but uh, it, it plays into the scenario that we have with the the bank that is collapsing and how we go about increasing what we have right. and how we go about more because what was at play there was venture capitalists trying to make uh, you know a, a whole lot in a short amount of time yeah uh, those that are looking for the windfall uh, you know, or the person that, well, when I win the lottery, I'll do this. Or when I get my inheritance, when my parents die and I get this money, then I can. And we think that yeah. these by gaining it in, you know, large portions in a short amount of time is the way that we will, you know, you know get ahead in life and have more. Right. And yet in Proverbs thirteen eleven, he says, wealth gained hastily will dwindle. Hmm. But whoever gathers little by little will increase it. Yeah. And this is the way of, of the Lord in stewarding our money is these, these incremental gains that we have is what actually leads to greater wealth. And this is, you know, proven over like you look at, you know, the studies that are out there, people that gain the, uh, you know, that win the lottery, spend it all so quickly and are right back or even worse than where they were before. Yeah. yeah? And uh, those that gain an inheritance who didn't work hard for it or whatever, they just squander it yeah. away. And uh, and it, it, those who gained wealth hastily, you know, or wealth gained hastily will dwindle. Yeah, It goes in the wrong direction, but whoever gathers little by little will increase it. And this is, that's just like a biblical principle in all things. The little things that we do with our time to maximize our efficiency and our productivity. The little decisions that we make in discipline and how we eat and what we say no to and, the, and, and working out. or The little things that we do with uh, what we watch on TV leads to greater godliness. And the, and, and the same thing is, is, is true in, with our money. Mm-hmm. Right? You know, when it comes to sin on one side, you know, we all want just like, well, God, just take this away. And we want just like the, 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 you know, where it's just the instant deliverance from sin or temptation. Yeah. And so often the way forward in sanctification is little by little decisions in that. Yeah. And the same is true here in our money of just putting away 20 bucks a month. Yeah. I think a a great example of this, uh, we can see this with our kids. Yeah. You know, if, if they really want something and we just go buy them the toy then they play with it for a little bit and it, you know, ends up laying in the yard or 
yeah. the back of the closet. Yeah. But if if we challenge them to to work and to do chores and to to raise an allowance and then they go and purchase that on their own, like their you know their ability to appreciate it yeah. continues to grow because they've worked toward it, they've built up for it. Yeah. Yeah, and there's an ownership skin in the game, yeah. that ownership, the stewardship. And, uh, man, this is, uh, you know, c- comes back to how we handle our money in this scenario of, of, you know, what we have, what we earn. Are we doing, uh, 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 you know, well with it? Are we being good stewards of it, taking care of our needs and, uh, you know, saying no to frivolous things? And uh, storing some away little by little, you know, for the future, for big expenditures, for emergency situations. And when we do that, that's when we don't have to panic in, you know, the unforeseen circumstances. Yeah. Right? Because those things will always happen. They're beyond our control. We don't always know it. And so when we have, uh, you know, uh, funds set away for those times, then, then we don't have to panic. Yeah. And our trust isn't in something else, but it's 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 here, you know, the rainy day fund, emergency fund, whatever it is, um, and uh, savings, but uh, you know where we can where we can do that and 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 weather those storms, so to speak, yeah. without panicking, without uh, getting off uh, you know the rails and thinking the world is going to collapse and making you know additional unwise decisions with our with our money, but the way of wisdom, the way of stewardship is just gathering, working hard, gathering it, saving it, trusting the Lord, giving it to the Lord, giving it, you know, generously and, uh, and continuing to plod forward with this, uh, with these resources that God has given us. And then, you know, every bank in America could fail. We could be in financial (laughs) ruin and guess what? God is still in control. Amen. We still have, you know, we, we, we still, uh, we'll, we'll make it. We can continue on. Because our hope is not in our bank account, our yeah. hope is not in, you know, our investments, and 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 we're just trying to faithfully plot along. And you know, there are people out there that may try to take it from you. You know, like yeah. we, stories abound, not just of banks failing, but of you know swindlers and embezzlement, and you know those uh, financial schemers oh, out man. there that are promising big returns yeah. and uh, and and all this money back quickly and, and all that family stuff right. and inheritance. I mean, there's just a million things, exactly. and if we hold, if we're holding on to that too tightly, it begins to expose our hearts right and then we will collapse right and not just a bank and so i think when we are you know trying to live even by these simple biblical truths you know as you study it out read some of these uh, books said the book by randy alcorn managing god's money there's other good resources out there uh, like dan dave ramsey and and uh, um i think crown financial ministries still a thing was a long time ago i'm pretty yeah. sure it's, it's still around and you know and there's some you know very godly financial advisors out there that uh you know can help you in these things and you know talk to your small group talk to your pastors elders others that uh, you see you know don't be don't be uh, uh, taken in by just because they have a you know fancy car and mm-hmm. and uh you know big house and all the toys that uh, that they're necessarily the people that you need to take financial wisdom from but uh but those who are living a godly lifestyle and uh, that are modeling just generosity to the Lord and to others and uh, just being faithful and uh, and and uh, delve into what the scripture teaches on this stuff and uh, there's no need to panic. That's right. And there, one last thing, just remembering that our ultimate inheritance 
is secure, fixed, guarded in heaven That's right. for all eternity. Amen. Thank you for joining us today on this new season of Consider It, a ministry of Redemption Bible Church in New Braunfels, Texas. We welcome your questions regarding life theology in the church. You can submit these questions by texting the word redemption and your question to 830-299-7505. To learn more about redemption, visit us online at redemption.bible. Thank you for listening. Our aim each episode is to be truthful and helpful to the glory of God. Join us next time on Consider It.